Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on WorldCom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Sometimes a story can look innocent and fun until you really get under the hood and into the details. One example from recent memory were the stories we told last season about child stars who were mistreated by their parents. Growing up, it is the dream of many children to be like the stars we saw playing on the Disney Channel or Nickelodeon on our Saturdays off, blissfully unaware that behind the characters that got into campy antics on screen were real people, often with very troubled lives. Like Sam Puckett on iCarly, uh, who was one such person who made so many of us laugh, but Jeanette McCurdy now went on to write a book about how much she hated her mom, largely because of the abuse she was subject to while taking her shot in the entertainment industry. All in all, things usually aren't what they seem, especially if they seem too lighthearted. Our story today is much like that, at least in spirit. As we dive into the Chinese health company Yilishin Tianchi, which at first seemed like a kind of funny corporate scandal based on bugs. But when we got into the weeds, it ended up having undercurrents of poverty, death, and government cover-ups. Join us down the rabbit hole, or I guess I should say ant colony, in this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Do you ever have an ant farm? No. No. I didn't either. I was a chemistry set nerd, not an ant farm nerd. Oh. Get it? straight okay don't come for me i was lighting stuff on fire because i am a cool nerd because you're a pyromaniac yeah but i i like fire less than a lot of people i know so i hang out in a weird group of friends i knew that i knew that you do improv (laughs) yeah that's what it is actually improvisers just fucking love setting shit on fire including their own careers (laughs) (laughs) and not in a good way by the way in a bad way uh, welcome back, everybody. Another episode of White Colors, Red Hands. I'm Kashan. And I'm Nina. And uh, I did, you know what? Before we start, before we get into Yili Shintianchi, I did want to make an announcement. Uh, special. It's our three-year anniversary Coming up soon. Three years of just cranking out, cranking out bangers. Hell cranking yeah. 3.3 star bangers, if you believe Apple Podcasts. Um, 3.4 now, maybe. Oh. We're rising the ranks, baby. Four, we're coming for you. Um, but we are going to do something fun this year. Mm-hmm. Fun this year. Uh, we missed last year's anniversary because it was in the aftermath of COVID and I had started grad school and it was awful. Uh, so this year we're going to do something and uh, October 27th, I'm pretty sure that's right. If not, I'll go no, back. No, that is right. That's right. Uh, it's a Friday at 7 p.m. We're going to be doing a, a Q. And A session. So we're going to go live on YouTube. So go to our YouTube channel, White uh, White Colors Red Hands is the name of the YouTube channel. Uh, follow us there and join us on October 27th, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're going to do a little Q&A, ask us questions. Uh, I haven't told nine of this, but uh, I think we're going to have questions for each other as well. Just in case, well, we got to talk about something because the last time we live streamed, it was a while ago. 
one person. So we're not. I guess just, that's true. We're and not just going to sit around yeah. on a Saturday or a Friday night. People are doing things. So yeah. So we're you know come hang out with us, and we're just going to have a, a chill, a chill discussion session. If anything, it'll just be us shooting shit, which is the. 45 minutes before this yeah that's true before we record that you guys don't have to listen to but if you wanted to now you get to it's now october get 20 so october 27th um and yeah so i guess with that out of the way let's get straight into today's topic mm-hmm. so i remember visiting a zoo when i was younger right and, and i was in the primate section uh trying to get a good look at some sort of monkey i don't remember the kind of monkey there was a monkey there uh, and the monkeys were hiding, though. They, I couldn't see them. And I was looking hard to see if I could spot one somewhere in the cage. Uh, and I had leaned forward to get a better look. And I put my hands on the wooden fence that, like, kept people away from the edge of the actual cage, you know, so you don't go up there and, like, fuck with the monkeys. Are you the kid that fell into the Harambe cage? Surprisingly, no. That was 2016, and I was... 21. So if I fell, if I was a baby that fell in Harambe's cage at that time, you know, I grew up fast. Um, but I leaned in and I felt a tickling on my arm. And glancing down, I saw that my arm was fucking covered with black ants that had swarmed out of the pole, like the wooden pole, and onto my hand. And then I, I proceeded, I freaked the fuck out. So TLDR, I, not a huge. Not a huge fan of ants, all right? As I assume most people are. I actually have an ant story like that. Really? Yeah. When I was like seven or eight, we were in Hilton Head Island. We were on a family vacation. And my cousin and I were dancing around a tree. Don't ask me why. And there was an ant hill of fire ants around the tree that we didn't know about. And we were stepping on their home. And they, I had like cork sandals. And they crawled into the cork of my sandals and up my legs and started biting me. And then um, there, like, it was awful. It hurt so bad. And then there was a thunderstorm and it was a whole thing because then we had to go into the store and get liquid Benadryl to put on my legs because they hurt so bad. And then there was a thunderstorm and my cousin's afraid of thunder. So she hid behind this electrical box and wouldn't come out. And it was a whole thing. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Fire ants are a little different. The black ants weren't going to hurt me. I just really didn't like them. Yeah, the fire ants fucking hurt, dude. Oh, yeah, for sure. We used to, uh, well, not we. My cousins used to blow up their anthills with uh, firecrackers when we were kids. That's mean. But I was there. They're ants. They're ants. They right? do things for our earth. Um, so basically, I'm not a fan of black ants, right? Okay. You know who is, though? The Chinese. Oh. <laughs> Turns out, ants have been used in traditional Chinese medicine medicine for centuries specifically these black ants known as polyrachis vicina uh, the black weaver ants is that just like a normal little black ant uh they're i think they might be a little bit bigger honestly i don't know the size comparison they're definitely bigger than like those really tiny black ants we have here in america okay you're way way (laughs) too big way too big like i don't know I don't know, like a good six inch ant. Like that? No, what the? You think six inches? Yeah, that's about. This is six inches, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. That's what I've been told. Anyway. Great. I don't have to call anyone. <laughs> um, you know, they're 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 like uh they're kind of like the bigger red ants, but like black. That's a terrible description. 
Either way. Okay. Um, so products from these ants are still prescribed today in China, uh, although not really from pharmacies and medical professionals. They just It's like an over-the-counter kind of thing. Uh, and they're kind of a catch-all remedy for all kinds of ailments, including hopes of aiding immunity, treating various types of inflammation, helping autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, uh, cancer, depression, fatigue. Uh, it might even help you... It might even help you save your uncle from a life of loneliness. No, there's no way he does that to himself. Ants. Ah! <laughs> All right. Well, they keep divorcing their ants or they're the ants to keep dying. So It was a fun, lighthearted joke. You didn't have to make it sad and about divorce. You could have just uh, done one of those. Uh, at first, you might dismiss these claims of the black ant being a catch-all uh, cure as classic quackery. And honestly, I mostly still do. But there is at least a handful of credible enough medical writing that supports the ability of the black weaver ant to at least have anti-inflammatory effects. Interesting. According to Frontiers in Pharmacology, the black ant contains many compounds, but especially a kind of fatty acid that are often distilled into therapeutics. So they contain therapeutic molecules that are in like actual medicine interesting um these products are still widely available the ones made from ants uh in many countries besides china including south korea japan and others so why am i talking about this so much all right because traditional chinese medicine is an industry worth 18.8 billion dollars damn yeah and at least a good chunk of it comes from these ants uh, of course, a very big part of the traditional Chinese medicine industry would be Herbalife, if anyone's familiar with Herbalife, uh, a company that can and probably will earn its own episode on this show at some point in the future. We should, we actually should just do a, an, an MLM episode. Yeah, we should. How is that something we haven't done yet? Uh, and because of this, the man with which Yilishin Tianchi starts and ends. Wong, and I found two different reports for his last name, Feng Yu and Zheng Dong, and I'm going to use Feng Yu, and there may be something I'm missing there. I don't know. So it turns out, and I think I'll say this multiple times throughout the episode, but it was hard to find anything about this topic, and that's purposeful. And we'll get into why it was purposeful later. Um, but yeah, two last names. I don't know which one. We're going with Feng Yu. Could be Shang Dong. Don't know. Ah. So Wang Feng Yu was a businessman from... And there's also a lot of names that I might be butchering, and I apologize if I am. He was a businessman from Liaoning province in China, but he was not born into a wealthy family. He was born into the poorest class, and then had to climb his way up the entrepreneurial ladder. Stories of his life and history were one of those things that was hard to find, but from the sources I could find, he started originally selling potatoes, hmm. literally starting from small potatoes, and he used the profits he gained to bankroll his way first into a bottling business, before eventually moving on to owning and operating a slaughterhouse, and then on running a taxi business. 
classic potatoes to potatoes. bottle to slaughterhouse. To classic taxi. potatoes to taxi story. Yeah, it's a, we all we all know it. I think that's what Robert De Niro did in that movie. I think that's what he did too. Yeah, for sure. But he finally ended the smorgasbord of business uh, with his main course, a traditional Chinese medicine company that made a variety of health substances made from the black weaver ant. Uh, Yilishin Tianche, which was founded in 1999. And by the way, if you're wondering, Yilishin Tianche uh, is basically ant followed by a couple of proper nouns that I really could not place. And that's as far as I got. I put it into Google Translate. That's what it gave me. And there's n- <laughs> there's nothing else about it on the internet. So I just had to guess. Oh, interesting. So. Okay. It, and group. So I'm assuming it's like ant and then some people's name and maybe a place and then group. If you can find out more, please message me. I'm very interested. Uh, the black weaver ants are dehydrated, crushed, and then used in a, vi- in a variety of tinctures, oils, and creams. Um, one of the best-selling uh, of these products, and one of the best-selling and well-known of these products that Yilishin produced, however, was an aphrodisiac. Oh. Nothing gets me hornier than a than six legs that go all the way up, you know? Straight to a thorax, am I right? Fuck yeah. Ants. Fucking fuck. Ants. When, one time when uh, I was with my ex's family, we had oysters, and his dad was like... You know, oysters are an aphrodisiac, and I forgot what that meant. And I was like, "What's that?" <laughs> and then he was like, "Uh, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have said it, you weirdo." <laughs> and then my ex was like, "It makes you horny." And then I never forgot it. The, if that happened to me, I'd literally be sitting around, and be like, "All these people are fucking horny right now." <laughs> You're all just gonna sit here. It's like that me meme with the horny. person. <laughs> it's like the. <laughs> It's like the meme where the guy's standing in the corner with the birthday hat on and he's like, all these people are horny. <laughs> I want to go home. I want to go home. All these people ate oysters and now they all have raging boners. Even the women. It's really weird. <laughs> Strong clits. It's oysters, man. What are you, oysters. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's why I hate going to New England. <laughs> I'm just horny the whole time. Yeah. I mean, they have oysters out there or just clams? I don't know. You know what? Yeah, they definitely have oysters because we sell some of their oysters at work. All right, there we go. Well, I guess maybe not, actually, now that I think about it. They're usually from Virginia. Stop. Or Prince Edward Island. Stop jerking me around, man. It's because you ate those oysters. Ah, Yeah, sorry, my bad. I forgot to tell you I had an entire plate of oysters before you came up. I had 15 oysters before you got here. Another aphrodisiac, (laughs) a weirder aphrodisiac. Is the ant. The ant. Uh, And these products uh, were... Flying off the shelves. It was like selling sugar water to ants. <laughs> this is so bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, because money was in no short supply with the Yilishin Tianchi Group. As after their founding in 1999, they quickly grew to one of the largest companies in China. Their aphrodisiac was packaged uh, into two main products, wine and capsules. Oh my god. And, A wine aphrodisiac? Ant wine, yeah. I think it might be just the wine. That sounds That's really dangerous. Aphrodisiacs don't work. What do you mean they don't work? Okay, well, this one worked. You'll find out later. Because, like, you're on a date and he gives you aphrodisiac wine. Yeah, aphrodisiacs are hog hog swash. They're not real. They're fake. Like, oysters don't actually make people horny. They make you feel sick to your tummy. You know? Yeah. 
Like, whenever has someone said, like, this is an aphrodisiac, and then you eat it and actually feel hornier than normal? Never. Not an oyster. Yeah, never. It's fake. So they don't work. So it's just wine and empty fucking capsules. Okay. Basically. Uh, at the height of the company's success, Elysian boasted a 10,000 square meter factory with product lines to produce both of these products, the wine and the capsules, and had sales of 50 billion yen annually. There's about 6.8 billion dollars. Yuan, yes, sorry, not yen. I swear I looked at this forever and I thought, I'll just put the symbol in the outline. I'll remember. 50 billion yuan annually, which is 6.8 billion US dollars. It's a lot. These numbers were due in no small part to the marketing savvy of Wang Fengyu, who employed Famous spokespeople to hawk the brand, including a decently famous Chinese actor, a comedian Zhao Benchen, who was from the same province as Wong and rose to fame by making, uh, count them, 21 consecutive New Year's gala production appearances that saw him become a household name. I guess it's like a government TV produced Chinese New Year. It's probably like our ball drop. Yeah, it's like that, except for in China, you have a very limited amount of only government-produced television channels mm-hmm. that you can get. So it's like if the ball drop was the only thing on during New Year's. Yeah. So. Everybody's watching it. He made 21 consecutive appearances. Um, Who was I, it? Dick Clark? He was like Dick Clark. You're making that name up? No. He's trying to say Dick. New Year's. You're just trying to say Dick on the podcast. No, Dick Clark. No, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. I never saw that. I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god! Now Ryan Seacrest has the job. You, I, you think I watched that thing? You should. You're not a real American if you don't. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I I'm being a real American on New Year's and drinking fucking myself, your girlfriend, drinking myself into a blackout, and then hopefully fucking my girlfriend. Because I'm proud to be an American. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so uh, Zhao Benchen became a household name um, and I have nothing to back this up but he kind of feels like uh, the Ray Romano of China like just a comedian that did a few things but is mostly remembered for his sitcom because he was also a sitcom actor mm. and he was in like a couple of movies there's no way I can judge them though Ray Romano was in Ice Age yeah he did a couple of things but he's mostly remembered for his sitcom yeah yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing he did. Yeah. So this is a good comparison. Mm, maybe, yeah. Why can't you just give it to me? Yeah, yes. Just I know nothing yes, about please. Ben Sean. I, I know nothing this. about him. Well, I do. Uh, in addition to uh, in addition to Ben Sean, Yilshin also employed the testimonial prowess of a much more interesting character, uh, the, at the time, tallest man in the world, a Chinese man by the name of Bao Zhishun, who still stands at a height of seven feet nine inches? He is still alive somehow at the age of seventy-one. But Damn. he is no longer the world's tallest man, as that title now belongs to a farmer in Turkey by the name of Sultan Kosin, who stands at eight feet three inches. Damn. Yeah. If you can't tell, facts about Yulishin were really hard to find today. So today's episode has been officially padded with the tallest man in the world stats. Uh, also, I got I got some more uh, if you want to. Sultan uh, 
Sultan, the now tallest man in the world, just just so you can pull this out at a dinner party, divorced his wife of eight years in 2021. Eight years. You're the tallest man in the world. You're you're a turkey. You're in Turkey. You're a farmer. You're just going to divorce your wife. Maybe all the fame finally got to his head, and it just took that long to get there from his feet. Uh, all right? He's so tall. All right. We've vamped enough. Let's get to the real reason why we're here today. The scam. So, Yulishin produced products in high demand, but how were they supporting their insatiable ant habit? <laughs> Where are all these ants coming from? Uh, they just they just leave food out. They had an ant farm. They just leave food out on the floor, and they hope that the ant they get there. Yeah, they just and then they have people just like, drop some sweet and sour sauce on the floor. Yeah, just like grabbing them as they come in. Ding no. ding ding. Uh, surely, not all of these ants are sourced locally. Uh, maybe they took a page out of the elementary school nerds playbook and started an ant farm. There you go. Uh, yeah. They actually did that last one. They did start ant farms. Um, except for Wong was a savvy businessman and knew that sometimes the best thing to do was outsource. Yulishin decided that the best business model would be if they hired people to do the ant farming for them. So they sold a box of black weaver ants to investors. I use that term uh, investor loosely. Uh... But the way that the deal was structured, they were basically contract workers that bought their goods from the company that also employed them. Very weird. Uh, the investors bought the ants at the rate of three boxes for 10,000 yuan, which is 16,000 US dollars. That is a lot. It is. It is a lot of money. $16,000 ants? Well, and it three boxes, though. How many ants were in each box? I don't know. They weren't allowed to open them. <laughs> I don't know. You know. What? So you would buy the box, but you couldn't open it? We're going to get into okay, it. Okay. Right? Sorry. I'll uh, stop. So it is a lot of money. You're right. Considering, especially that the investors were usually rural farmers at a time when the average income in China was around $10,000 or $1,000. Sorry. Oh, wow. The annual income, $1,000 US dollars. This is like 16 years, you know, of average pay. It's a lot of money. Um, and these investors, they largely got the principal capital to even get the first boxes to begin with from settlements from the government or settlements that the government had made with them in return for taking their land for government development projects. Because, you know, this is at the time still like China's expanding they're building a bunch of infrastructure so they like pay these peasants like money to take their homes and they would just take it and put it all into ants um, the ant boxes would be delivered to their new ant farmers in cardboard boxes with a little mesh window and a feeding hole and the farmers were told like I said not to open the box no matter what so as not to the special ants in the box with just like baser ants from the surrounding environment. Okay. They're like icky. You're going to get all your shitty ants and our good ants. Okay. So you can't open the box. Um, they were also instructed to uh, give the ants a little spritz of sugar water through the mesh once a day. Uh, and once a week, they uh, should be fed cake and egg yolks. I don't know about the, the cake I get, right? Like ants... Sugar, yeah. cake. Um, the egg yolks, 
little weird. That is weird. Maybe they were just, they were really trying to get some jacked ants. They were like, maybe give them, give them all the protein. Maybe it's like our hormone chickens. But just with egg Ants. yolks. Yeah. That's what it is. They got eggs from America so they could be Taint the packed ant. with antibiotics yeah. and give them to the ants. Um, for all of this effort, Yuli Shintianchi would swing by after 14 months and pick up the box of now dead ants. Uh, they said that you would have to keep them until they matured, which just meant died. Um and they would pay the farmers a a, a yowza yowza awooga eye popping return on investment of thirty two point five percent, or uh, the total back was thirteen thousand two hundred and fifty yuan on a ten thousand yuan principal investment. So that's around like four hundred and forty five dollars on a sixteen hundred dollar investment. I thought it was sixteen thousand. I think I misspoke. It's sixteen hundred dollars. Okay, okay, this makes a little bit more sense because it would be less than the ten thousand yuan. Okay, sorry. So it's sixteen hundred dollars, and now they're getting four hundred and forty-five dollars back on top of that. Okay, if you just spritz some sugar water into these boxes and give it, give them some cake and egg yolk. Ah, okay. All right, uh, a return that many of the farmers uh, would turn immediately back into the company, investing in even more boxes of ants. Um, over the course of six years, between 2001 to 2007, it is believed that Yilishin had over 1 million investors in this program. Wow, I can't believe that. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Um, meanwhile, Wang Fengyu was enjoying the capital flowing into the company either uh, through sales or these investors and was putting all of it to good use. Wang was a big donator to politicians in China. And by donator, of course, I mean he knew which palms were the good ones to grease. Uh, one such palm was that of Bo Zhilai, the governor of, Liao, of Liaoning, who went on to serve as the Minister of Commerce for China between 2004 to 2007. Bo Zhilai publicly endorsed Yili Shintianchi's products and even uh, appeared in a couple of their advertisements a couple of times, uh, which I'm sure is one of the reason one of the reasons that people thought that the returns the company was giving, although 32.5% is a huge ROI, you know, like the average you get back from the stock market is 7%. Yeah. On average, right? It's like more than four times that. And because he had people like Beaujolais um, backing the company, literally the minister of commerce, like basically if the person who led the SEC here in America was like, I support these uh, ant boner pills. Well, that's a big, yeah, yeah. I can so, understand why he wanted him on his side. So it made them kind of believe that it, it had to be credible. Mm -hmm. You know, even though it seems too good to be true, it's like, oh, well, he, he has all these, he has these backings. He's got all these testimonials from uh, these big people, kind of like FTX with like Tom Brady and, mm -hmm. and Larry David. They're like, well, you know, you know, you get all these really big popular people to back it. It can't be all, you know, lies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what they didn't know is that in 2012, Bo Jolai would be sentenced to life in prison for a litany of bribery and extortion charges. Wow. So his endorsements were almost worthless. Um, this was the largest of his political allies, but there were many pictures with many different government officials, which most often meant that Wang Fengyu 
was putting money in their pockets. Uh, he also donated money to the Chinese government at large as Wong made a $1.4 million donation to the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing. Where we uh, won victory in swimming. And probably some other things. Like what? I don't know. The U.S. usually wins a lot of gold medals. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure it was But that was like the big swimming. one where like um, Michael Phelps, Brian Lochte, and this other, they were like all in one like team for the relay and then we we fucking massacred why do you know so much about olympic swimming because i remember it because my mom's obsessed with the olympics and we would watch it i'm about to say this isn't the miracle on ice like it wasn't like that big of a deal it was it's cool or whatever but like i remember it was so exciting it was very exciting that one was very exciting i'm glad that the one sport you get excited about is olympic swimming it was interesting fucking nerd dude I don't uh, like, you know, I don't like jizz myself on electric, I mean, on Olympic swimming, but like. No one should jizz themselves on any sport. It's weird if people are too into it. Yeah. Well. I like sports, but I, I definitely know people that are like. Oh, yeah. They're it's like. It's like their. Like, it's their whole personality. Their, their whole life. But yeah, personality is their team. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I mean, I like the Chicago Cubs. They're killing me right now, you know, but like. Isn't it over? Cares? Soon. It's the last week. Mm. Unless they make the playoffs. This isn't a baseball Sorry, podcast. Anyways. Uh, so he this makes, is an ant podcast. Yeah, this is an ant aphrodisiac podcast. Um, so he donates to the 2008 Summer Olympics, but the government scratched his back as well. You know, it wasn't just one sided, as he was awarded the uh, Governmental Model Private Entrepreneur Award, which is something they give out. Okay. So basically, the government backed him a lot. Mm-hmm. That's the main idea to get out of this is that he was heavily him and his company were heavily endorsed by the government um but things were about to get pretty rocky um as in 2004 a large blow would be struck to yelishan when they tried to apply for approval to sell their products in the united states obviously that would expand their market significantly and there are a lot of rural single moms who would just be dying to sell boner pills made from ants as long as it was part of an MLM. Oh, yeah, they would. Like, hey, girly, <laughs> does your husband have problems getting it up? Try this ant boner pill. <laughs> Ding dong, ant boner pills calling. <laughs> I don't know any other MLMs. I don't know any either. I stay away from them, and you should too. Um, the FDA, however, did not like this. Did not like this. Um, and they banned all of Yelishin's products from America completely outright. They're like, you can't be here at all. Uh, because it was discovered that they contained decently large amounts of sildenafil nitrate. Uh, you want to take a guess. You probably already read it. But you want to fake take a guess at what sildenafil nitrate is? I thought it was just a chemical. Okay, well, most things are just chemicals. I thought Everything it was, a, I thought it was bad chemicals. for you. Um, not, no... Not necessarily. It is the main active ingredient in Viagra. Oh, my favorite medicine. Um, which, fun fact, originally studied as a heart medication. And then a side effect was it gave people boners. And they were like, maybe we should just have to do that. And maybe really, I should take that because was, I have heart problems. It was bad at being a heart medicine. That is why they switched to the boner pill route. What would happen if I took it? I don't know. It increased, like, it stops like a nitrous oxide cascade that causes that like, or it enables it one or the other. And that causes an erection. Mm. So I have no idea what it does in women. I've never had an erection. 
congratulations. <laughs> they kind of suck. I'm not going to lie. I, you know, they are never at good times. Um, Do you get it when you're in the airplane when it's landing? Yeah. How did you know? Who told you the secret? My ex. Who told you the secret? I don't know. Something about the pressure change? My ex or something. told me he would get a boner every time he flew. And I'm like, oh God, that's why I got to sit at the back of the plane because I'm like, I can't stand up first. Because they can't see you jacking off in the front? I guess, yeah. Uh, the FDA had uh, further reaching effects. This decision by them had further reaching effects than just denying them the U.S. market. It also denied them going public as afterwards Wong had to pull their proposal for an IPO on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Um, and obviously, this didn't look great for the company. All right. You can't get into America. A big regulator denies your products and then you can't go public. Um, and it caused sales of its products to fall even domestically. And by 2007, three years later, they found themselves in some real hot water. Uh, you might have guessed by now, but Yulishin was quite possibly never actually profitable. Instead, they used their investors and ant farmers in the ant boxes uh, to fund a six-year Ponzi scheme where the money from new farmers paid off the old. Some of it went to bribe the politicians to keep up good public appearance. And I'm assuming a good portion of it went to Wong himself. Honestly, it is a pretty well set up scheme, seeing as you don't have to pay investors for 14 months from the original investment. That gives you a lot of time to recruit more rubes to pay them off. Uh, but this time, the bell had finally tolled for Yilishin. And in late 2007, after months of missing payments and saying multiple times that, the, oh, the money is going to be available soon. We're just awaiting new deals in other countries for the money to come in. Classic stuff when Ponzi schemes collapse. Same thing with Zach Horowitz when he was like, oh, I got all these mm-hmm. bigger deals come in. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a delaying tactic. Um, but the company finally filed for bankruptcy and shuttered its doors in late 2007. The queen was dead. Um, as we said, though, many of the one million investors had poured every single cent they had into this scheme. There were some like interviews with people that, mm. that were caught up in the scheme. And you can just tell they're in like. Yeah, it's bad over there. Like, like you can just tell like. When you like really bad poverty, like the, the yeah. inside of the house looks like like it should be shut down, like yeah. like it's condemned. It's no, awful. the poverty there is really bad. Um, when I would I went to China and we went to a part of the Great Wall that was like an hour and a half outside of Beijing because we wanted to go to a part that wasn't as crowded. And some of the houses we passed, I was like, I can't believe this is standing, like. And that's it's where bad. it's that's where it looked like these interviews were taking place. Yeah. Um, and so they poured all of their money, literally all. And they of the don't money have they any money this. either. That's the worst part. And they did have money for a little bit, and they decided to do this because they because mm-hmm. people were getting thirty three percent returns. Um, and farming was their entire livelihood, and because of this, there was mass panic when news of Yulishin's bankruptcy came out. People flooded the streets to protest in the provincial capital of Shenyang, disrupting traffic, forcibly entering government buildings, because many of the investors blamed the government because they openly, they so openly supported the business and they were there asking to be made whole for the money they lost from this company that you obviously backed. You gave them the Outstanding Entrepreneur Award. Yeah. I mean, good on them for protesting like that. 
Yeah. But now, you did you think the government, did they acquiesce and pay these people back their money? No. No. They did the exact opposite, which was send the riot police out to these public protests to put an end to it by literally beating many of the protesters in the street and arresting the ones that they could. He immediately put the kibosh on it. Uh, in addition to this, uh, the government blocked and censored all internet postings relating to Yelishin um, and threatened anyone found talking to reporters about it. Uh, the reporters themselves were obviously intimidated into dropping the subject. Um, so it was like heavily censored. And they also contacted like the the Attorneys Guild in Beijing and lawyers in the country's capital were dissuaded from representing anyone in lawsuits against the Wow. Um, like a lot of pressure was put to, to cover it up, to make it as quiet as possible, which is why there's not a lot of information on it. It's really hard to find because they really, really suppressed it in the aftermath. Like you can click on a lot of the, li- like all the links in the Wikipedia article, dead links. They just go interesting. To, just like go to empty pages. Oh my god! You can find some stuff, but that's also why I don't even know how credible a lot of this stuff is. I found two different last names for the guy, but obviously something weird happened. Yeah, and there's some contemporary articles about it, so you know we get a little bit, but it, it was hard to get. You can't get in depth on it. Yeah, there's no indictment that I could read for this week's episode. Right. You know. Uh, yeah, because the government was incentivized to sweep it under the rug as fast as possible, save some face from the corruption that too much digging would uncover. Like, this was a fucking uh, a molehill that turns into a mountain of corruption when, yeah. you, when you really get into it. Uh, after the unrest from the protesters was stymied by setting up police checkpoints throughout the entire city to keep them out. Were uh, they in Beijing? Where were they at? No, this is in uh, Shenyang. That's the capital, capital of the province of Liaoning. Okay. Um, Wang Fengyu was arrested for inciting public unrest and then forced to publicly confess on national television that he had incited counter-protests outside the government offices by, like, calling and assembling his former employees. Okay. Yeah, I think this was fake to say, like, oh, yeah. he orchestrated this. Well, we they basically framed him. They arrested yeah. him and framed him. Um, and for this charge... Wong was sentenced to death, a sentence that was carried out in October of 2008, less than a year after all of this happened. That's crazy. So they're, uh, they're snappy. They're not keeping you, they're not wasting your tax, their tax dollars, keeping you on death row. That's for sure. No, you get, because there was obviously probably like at least a little bit of a trial or something. And then, yeah, just done. Um, that was also hard to find. There was like one article that I could find that came out when they actually killed him so I could find when they did it. So, I don't know. Uh, now, he got the death penalty, but many managers at his company did not face the same gruesome fate. They faced uh, some hefty prison sentences for their part in the scheme, but he was the only one that was sentenced to death. And this wasn't the last time that this uh, scandal happened, by the way. Um just a few months later, in February of 2008, a man from the same region was arrested on a separate but very similar ant breeding scheme. What? How is there two? I do not know. That's so random. And it earned him $417 million. He was also sentenced to death. 
So they're just killing people over ant schemes left and right. Um, and I wish that I could say those are the only two deaths that happened in today's episode. Um, but unfortunately, it's not. Because after the original protest and denial for repayment by the government, many investors took their own lives because of the loss that they had incurred, including one man who set himself on fire in the middle of Tiananmen Square, which, as far as the government of China is concerned, is the only bad thing that ever happened in Tiananmen Square. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, those who did not commit suicide, however, still lived in fear for years to come, believing that they were under constant governmental surveillance. Well, they are. They were, I guess, uh, they, they still are. The government had said that the the Olympics were under threat from them. Like, like they were like, they made this whole like storyline where like these people are like inciting unrest, like, like the Olympics are going to be ruined because of them. They pose a danger to it. So they, they were like, yeah, I feel like I'm constantly under governmental surveillance. Um, and the investors in this scheme uh, to this day are hesitant to show their face on camera. They were required to register like that they were investors, but they never got money back. So, like, that's pretty sketch. Yeah, that's really sketchy. Yeah. So, not Damn. great. And so we reach the end of our story. That was supposed to be one of the fun ones this season. That wasn't that fun. When doing the preliminary research to get our run order together and discussing this with Nina, I said, hey, let's do something fun for a second episode. Uh just so that we can play off the vibe of the first episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It'll be fun to start uh, on the right foot. Uh, instead, I was led down a rabbit hole that ended with government corruption and multiple people dead. So thank you for joining us down that rabbit hole today. Yili Shintianchi is no more, but corruption and greed still plague the world. On top of that, if we weren't already... This episode is definitely keeping us at a WeChat's podcast play. <laughs> so, if we weren't on the censor list... We are now. Yeah, we're not going to be like fucking Disney. We're not giving into it. We're not changing who we are. We're still talking about things. Yeah! Yeah, take that, fucking mouse. Little mouse bitch. Disney's evil. We can say it. We can say yeah, absolutely. Like, we can say stuff like that. It's fine. We were gonna do that Disney episode. Yeah, fuck Disney. I don't like. I don't like Disney. I'll still watch their movies because I mean. Yeah, I'll still watch them. I don't like a lot of things because I'm a because I'm a phony. Yeah, I'm a phony, a big fat phony. Who are you calling fat? I said I'm a phony. Oh, I thought you were imitating me, Bruh. No, I was imitating the guy on Family Guy who says <laughs> that. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, this week's episode white collars, red hands. If you liked what you heard, you know, there's more. There's like a hundred more episodes. There are if you haven't checked, literally a hundred. If you haven't checked those out, go check those out. All 100, uh, binge them. Yeah, all the, the white collars, red hands uh, audio universe. Check <laughs> check out check out all of that. Um, and then, and only then, no, I'm, I'm joking. You can do this before. Leave us a review. Actually, please do it before. It would take way too long. Uh, you can write us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening or you want to create an iTunes account for some reason. Um, or you can just leave a starred review on either Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. If you use Spotify as well, 
You can watch our videos. These are always in video yeah. as well. If you're if you're listening in the audio medium, you know, you're you're only getting 70% of the show. Yep. So you can go my there. My beauty and grace level is up. And my comparison to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you can see that uh, on Spotify or on our YouTube channel, as we mentioned earlier. It's where the Q&A is going to be on October 27th, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And that is White Collars Red Hands on YouTube. You can also follow our socials, uh, facebook.com slash white collars red hands, Twitter at white collars pod, Instagram at white collars underscore red hands, TikTok at, you guessed it, white collars red hands. Send us a message on there, connect with us, suggest uh, a topic for a pod for an episode next season, maybe. Uh, you can also suggest those through whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com, our email, or drop us a line over at our website, whitecollarsredhands.com. Of course, the best way to do it, tell a friend. Yeah. Tell a loved one. Um, if if you have a family member that is now bedridden, uh, <laughs> put it put, put us, it on for them. Yeah, put us on. That'll on, keep them alive. Put us on, on a loop on a Bluetooth speaker that they can't reach. They're not going to be able to stop you, right? Have at it. And other than that, just, just generally spread spread the White Collars Red Hands audio universe. I'm saying that now. That's yep. the thing. Yep. It's it's out there, and it's it's real now. Um, is that it? That's it. That's it? Yep. All right. In that case, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on another episode of White Collars Red, Red Hands. Hands.